Welcome to the first Down the Pub podcast episode of 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. This week, I'm joined by Halifax Wanderers' new goalkeeping coach, John Michael Williams. We talk about his new role, and we also talk a little bit about his remarkable career. Apologies to everyone for the lackluster audio. Unfortunately for me, I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Luckily for him, John Michael is down in Trinidad Tobago, enjoying the sun, so there's some connection issues. I'm also joined by Steve Steele, as we talk about the NBA team of the decade. We also go through some of our listeners' submitted NBA Team of the Decade lineups too. As always, you can join the conversation on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also go to downthepub.ca to subscribe. Now on with the show. This week I'm joined by Halifax's newest goalkeeping coach, Jan Michael Williams. Uh, Jan Michael is quite a legend. Uh, he's played 83 times for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, he's played against some of the top players in the world and we're very lucky to have him here in Halifax. Uh, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's, I'm very happy and delighted to, to be a part of the program and First question is, how did the opportunity to play in Halifax come about for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Stephen Hart, that's the answer. Um, obviously, it's the first time they're having the, the Canadian Premier League, I think. Um, from everybody who started in terms of with clubs, the presidents of the clubs, the management, the people on the ground getting the jobs done, um, and even to the president, the commissioner, the league, everybody. Um, hats off to them, they did that tremendous job in getting the league off the ground and um they kind of set set the platform to offer myself and a lot of other foreign international players to get the opportunity to come and play on a canadian soil um i've had a good re- relationship with Stephen hart uh having been uh coached by him on the national senior team of Trent Tobago. so yeah we always kept in touch we always um you know shared pleasantries and I guess when his situation came up, getting to be a coach of the Halifax Wanderers, he decided to give me a call and have us discuss it. And I, I couldn't say no to the to that offer. I mean, getting the opportunity to play with, uh, to have him as a coach again, um, have him as a mentor and just as a good person and friend, I think. Um, um, quite a lot to get a league off the ground. And like they have done a tremendous job with starting the whole thing from scratch, pretty much. So um, I, I think that I think they all should be very proud of themselves. So um, obviously exactly. you played in quite a good few places. Uh, how did you find the standard of football uh, compared to what you played before? Um, it was extremely high. Um, obviously, they would have had teams like the Forge and, and, and the Calvary Foothills, um, teams that would have had some sort of foundation from before. And and they seem to kind of, the Edmontons as well, they seem to kind of take the forefront. You know, they were the front runners in, you know, trying to do well and prepare and win um, the league. But the teams that would have started from zero, the likes of the Halifax Wanderers, for example, I think um, they did an extremely good job in, in, in just setting a good foundation. And, and yeah, really you know, setting that platform. Uh, we took a while to get going, but I think once we did, we really um, put our foot, our, our foot down and we were an extremely tough team to beat, especially at the Wanderers ground. And um, I think we laid a good, foundation so um i know that obviously we came last in the league but uh, how do you think the season went overall for the club um a lot of people look at results 
obviously we are in a result oriented um, profession um everybody wants to win everybody wants to um be the best but i think what was done and what was achieved this season there's no amount of of trophies or or, or, or wins or championship titles that could really kind of define what we did this season to start a team from completely zero a group of individuals coming together for the first time um training for for two months in the preseason and then going on to play a six seven month season um i think to do what we did to have people rushing and fighting to get tickets to come down to the wanderers ground and game group, to give the fans that excitement and that feeling of having a home team and something that they could support with pride and passion. Um, I think we did an extremely good job in that regard. Obviously, we want to win games. We want to win championships. And you will see that in, in, in the com- upcoming season and moving forward. But I think just laying that foundation was the major achievement that we had this season. I think it's sweeter than building any year, than, than winning any championship. Of course, every, players, every player wants to win. Every coach wants to win. But um, again, just what we did, what we were able to to lay down as a solid uh, platform and foundation, turning the Wanderers ground into a fortress and just having our fans excited about every match day and, and, and about the upcoming season. I think that speaks volumes and I think that's off to the entire team, the group of players, the management staff, the, the, the supporters, the privateers, the, everyone, 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 the blockade ultras. I think everyone had a big hand to play in it and I think as I said before, we have laid such a strong and a good foundation moving forward. So, talking about the ground itself and stuff, did you feel the energy coming from the stands then onto the pitch? And like, uh, did it help like drive you um, when when you were playing at the Wanderers ground? Have you been to the Wanderers ground? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement starts way before we get to the evening. and we have a game down at the Wanderers ground. You can feel it in your bedroom in the morning. You could feel that excitement, that that passion. You could feel, you know, that that level of expectation coming from the fans, and the nervousness, all the emotions. You could start feeling it from the from your bedroom, and then as soon as you get down to the ground, like it's it's almost a feeling of playing a European champion Champions League tie. You know, you go to a place. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, you go to a place like you get this excitement, this same kind of atmosphere. And it, it drives our players. It gives us that extra lift to, um, to you know, to get the results and to perform well down at the Wanderers Ground. And um, yeah, it that is the Wanderers Ground will go down as one of the That's most magical places. In- yeah, all the Halifax Wanderers fans will be very, very proud of the fact that you feel that way, especially coming from someone like yourself. So they know. This, uh, trust me, they know this as well because they've been into me down there and and uh, like. <laughs> Sometimes I'm at home and, I, and I'm just um, looking back on this season and I'm just like, wow, that was such a, a good, you know, just a good opportunity to be down at the Wanderers ground and, and to enjoy That's that atmosphere. It was... um, Christian Oxner. Breakout season. Um, how good is he and how far do you think he can go? That is a, that's a good question. Christian Oxner can go as far as Christian Oxner wants to go. He has the ambition. He has the, he has the, the, I can't even put my, 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 I can't even put my my finger on the word I want to use. He has that, that tenacity. He has that, that mental toughness. He has that, he has all the characteristics of a top top (laughs) professional player. And it's, it's strange because he's never played professional football before this. <laughs> um, when I, obviously when I, when we first met him coming into the, the situation, um, what I liked about him the, the most is that he seems to learn 
from everybody. And what I like is that he picks the good things, the good traits, the good actions, the good movements, the good mannerisms, the good mental um, aspects of each player. Not only the goalkeepers or myself or anything, but he looks at each each and everyone. I could see it because I look at him often. And he just tries to, 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 to kind of just suck out all the positive things that he could take out. And that is what you saw on the pitch. Um, every time he went on to the to the to the field on game day, and he performed as well as he could because he was such a sponge, just grasping all the good information around him, and just adding himself to that, and then pushing that product on the field. And then, not to mention the training sessions. I mean, if you think he made some majestic <laughs> saves in the games, you should have seen him in training. But he was <laughs> every day. He wants to improve. He wants to get better. He's always we, we always back and forth messaging each other talking about saves and errors and certain things and you can tell that he wants to go to the next level and and, and I'm I'm extremely excited yeah. now that I'm in a good position to kind of help him with that growth you know um, I really think I could, could assist even if it's a little bit to help him to go to that next level I think he can go to the next level he has no limitation um, something to watch this year and it's great that obviously he's a, he's a hometown hero too so um, a lot of people are taking a lot of interest in uh, here in Halifax, so it's great that he's going to have someone like you yeah. kind of mentoring him um, to the next level. So he's lucky. So just to just not, not to be a bit not to be a downer, yeah. but um, unfortunately, as we all know, football <laughs> can be a harsh uh, mistress, and uh, we've had a few players that left the club at the end of the season. What advice would you give them going forward with their careers? Um, look at Jamie Vardy. Look at Harry Kane. They were both sat on the bench um, for Leicester not too long ago, three to four years ago, and they were not even contention for, for a starting pick on a team. And if you look for, fast forward four or five years, um, Harry Kane is now the captain of England. Jamie Vardy is destroying the English Premier League. So, I mean, you should never give up. You should always stay focused. You should always stay true to yourself, believe in yourself, but yeah, you should it, always it, push harder I, I to like want it, to improve yourself as a professional. The way that the league set up and it was all like a on a one-year contract, it was kind of, this was always going to happen, unfortunately, at the end of the year. And I just think Halifax had a lot of really good players and I, like, I, I really hope that they... I think, I think the reality of life is, when you go to the gym, for example, not everyone can lift the same weight. Some people take longer, their muscles develop at a slower rate. So they have to exercise for a longer period of time. Let's just say to get to 100 pounds, to bench press 100 pounds. But it is possible for everybody to bench press 100 pounds buying some adverse condition or something. So, you know, everybody develops at a, a different rate, whether it be um, professional sport, whether it be in your academic life, whether it be in your social life, whether it be as a person. So um, these players have to really, you know, sit, evaluate, always try to, to find areas where they can improve themselves as professionals. And never give up. Continue to believe in themselves, and 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 just sky's the limit for them. You know, the guys will pick up clubs along the way, and you know, in a couple of years, they could be, as you said, the next Harry Kane or Jamie Vardy. So, so, so also we had the uh, the bad news that you're retiring. Um, what made you come to this, that decision, and how hard of a decision was it for you? Um, it, I mean, it's it's hard. I, I think I have a love affair with, <laughs> with 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 soccer, with football. You know. Um, but I've played now for a long time. And, and uh, to be honest, mentally and physically, I guess as you see later down in the season, I just got a little bit tired. And I just, I, would, I didn't feel like I was in the position to give Halifax the best of me. You know, and I feel like when I play football, 
every time I go out on the pitch, I always want to give the, the team I'm representing the best of me. And yeah, it's just a, a mental and a physical tiredness. The muscles taking a bit longer to recover. And um, I guess just the opportunity to stay in Halifax, to stay involved. Again, to help Christian to improve, to be around, held on to that opportunity when I got it. Because although I may not be able to spend five, six years as a player, as a coach, I mean, I could spend 10, 15 years and, and in the end, I'm having a longer time in the game. So, um, yeah, as I said, you know, it, it was a tough decision, but I guess the day was always meant uh, after one time is another. So you just have to move on. And I had a good career. A reasonably good career, so yeah, I'm happy with the career that I had. Um, um, to like an hour later, the announcement of you becoming the goalkeeping coach, I was like, it went from low to an incredible high. Um, so, 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 um, when did Stephen approach you about becoming the uh, the goalkeeping coach? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I think the, the best place to, to pose that question to Stephen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, of being. A, a, a quality asset to the team in terms of the, the coaching department. So, um, who knows? He could have always had oh, it in uh, mind. Found Mike Campbell through the song. Did you get to hear the song? <laughs> that was a surprise to me as well. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know about it until uh, the, the management at, at Halifax said, hey, we have an announcement. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, um, do you have any advice for those budding Alfonso mm-hmm. Davis and Christian Sinclair, the, the kids that are starting off from the very bottom? What advice would you give them? Stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it and always give your best. You know, um, as I said before, everyone develops at a at a at a at a at a lower rate, at a slower rate. Some develop very slow, some develop very fast. But the important thing is to stick to it. You know, keep at it, keep trying to develop yourself. Who was the hardest opponent you faced? I played against Lionel Messi, so that goes without that goes without answering. <laughs> um, and I actually think that he was on about fifty percent that day. He wasn't even trying and was still probably the best. Uh, fortunate, fortunately for me, he didn't score, but we lost the game three zero down in uh, Buenos Aires. We played against Argentina, but um, I would have to say, um, apart from him, I played against um, Carlos Ruiz from Guatemala. And I don't know, every time I played against him, he seemed to either score assists. Cheat against uh, Lionel Messi, so congrats on that, man. So who's the best player you played with? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I've been a bit patriotic <laughs> if I say that all the players that play, I played with on the national team were the best. <laughs> um, I've played with some, some, some top-class professionals. Um, I have a close friend, Kenwin Jones, obviously. Who played in the English Premier League? I would I, I would always put him at the forefront because um again he had a tremendous career playing in the Premier League and and representing clubs like Stoke City and so on. Um, Best city you've lived in. Can I say Halifax right now? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm I really I'm, I'm really enjoying Halifax. To be honest, I like the the, the fans. I like. The people are like I like Halifax. It's just a quiet city. It's just calm and 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 everybody seems to be just friendly and polite. Um, I've lived in some other cities to to be honest. Apart from apart from Halifax, though, I just really like home, hometown in Coover, Trinidad. Um, for me, it's it's home. You know, um, the people here they're friendly. They're, and I just grew up here. I'm just like a a good person back here and just. Everyone seems to know me, and I seem to get along um, nicely with everybody here. So Dublin is very home, but Halifax is definitely my my second favorite place in the world. So 
I'm with you on that one. Um, so just final question then. Um, I saw there on Instagram that you were taking part in the Can Canbo uh, the Canbo play. Yes. Uh, could you just explain a little bit about what 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 that is? Um, so the Canbo play foundation was started by current and ex football professionals, the likes of uh, Julius James, who played for over 10 years in the MLS. Um, I played with him at the college level in, in, um, in Trinidad, the secondary school level in Trinidad. Uh, Johan C. Marshall, who played with the national team. Um, he's, he's known for scoring the equalizer in the 4-4 draw against Mexico in the Gold Cup. In, uh, in, that was 2015. Um, Sean De Silva plays extensively. He plays in, in Iceland now. He, he played uh, with the national team yeah. as well and, and, and some other professionals as well. Elton John, who played with us this year, is also a member. They started the foundation because they felt uh, that the youth in Trinidad and Tobago were kind of being led astray. It's sad to say, but Trinidad has seemed to, to be kind of heavy with crime these days. And um, a lot of the criminals are young mm-hmm. people. So they started the foundation with the aim of trying to develop the minds of young people through sport. And um, they're involved in a lot of different uh, workshops and sessions and so on um, through football to try to, to get through to the minds of the young, the young people and to kind of steer them back onto our right path. So recently we had a, a goalkeeping camp where we had the likes of Chris Kirkland who played for Liverpool in the EPL. Uh, he came to Trinidad and he was a part of the camp alongside myself and some other ex-professionals, goalkeepers that is. And um, we just had a lot of the goalkeepers, the young goalkeepers come in and we spent some days with them doing some sessions, mental sessions, uh, physical sessions, that's, that's you know, and just trying to get uh, them onto something a little bit more positive. Uh, Chris Kirkland, he's a, he's a bit of a legend, that guy. So, um, yeah, and he, he had a great career too. So, that's, yeah. it's a very noble cause yeah. and um, it sounds like a bit of fun as well that you, that you get to hang out with the kids and teach them uh, some stuff. So, um, I just really want to thank you for... Uh, yeah. For hanging out and just uh, having a chat with me about football. Hopefully, I'll get to meet you when you come back up to Halifax. Yeah, um, so thanks again. And uh, okay, no problem. So, uh, on this week's show, I'm joined by our NBA experts. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I like to have a like, different title for you every week. All right. Steve Steele. Um, so, we obviously come to the end of the year. We thought we'd do a NBA team of the decade. So, I like to challenge Steve a little bit. And I'm not really the greatest NBA guy. So, I've got a few little teams done up by uh, our good friend Mitch Benvy who we did the, the podcast um, for yeah yeah we did with that and then my friend Ronnie Flynn who is also a big Raptors fan and then a good friend of mine Kelly Zidana who used to work here in Halifax but he's back home so he did up a uh, a team for me too so okay yeah I just thought I'd have like a little bit of backup this so week so we're gonna do is that you're gonna list off everyone's teams and I'm gonna like critique and then I'll give you mine I assume my guys are gonna be on all these lists somewhere. I, I, I honestly like I 
just looking at them, like, these are all pretty much gone. Well, LeBron's locked in on all of them, I'd uh, say. Yes. If LeBron yeah. can make it all deck 18, that person's list doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, LeBron's on all of them. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry is on all of them. Is KD on all of them? Uh, that, 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 no, he's not. He's on wow. the majority of them, though. He's on he's on three out of four. Mitch, uh, Mitch is a little bit different. So what I'll do is... Yeah, we'll go through I'll, I'll go through Mitch's first, then yeah. you just let me know what you think, and then I'll let you down Ronnie's and then Kelly's, and then we can talk about why these people are where they are and then we can take it from there so for disclaimer like i don't care who's what position because like in the nba today it's positionless basketball so anybody can play all five sports i mean all, all five spots on the floor so i'm not gonna be like well who's the center or whatever i'm okay. just like give me your top five guys in the decade and that's where we'll go, go. okay cool that makes sense um so mitch has gone for steph curry mm-hmm. uh james harden oh god uh lebron okay giannis and anthony davis that list sucks a bag of dicks. Jesus. <laughs> Why so? Did, did, is there no Kevin Durant on there too? No, KD's on there, right? No. KD. Uh, no. So, nope. so no KD and no Kawhi Leonard. Nope. So it was Steph Curry, James Harden, Harden LeBron um, James, Anthony Davis. And Giannis. Giannis? Okay. So Giannis belongs. LeBron, like I said, has to be on every list. It's he, He's he's arguably the best player ever. He's not, but he's one of the top two best players ever. His peak years were this decade. So he went to the finals eight, three times. Like I know he shoots LeBron being there. Steph's on my list, so Steph's uh, first ever unanimous MVP, back-to-back MVP, three championships in five years. Like, you know, was he the best player on all of his teams? Maybe not, but he was the best player on most of his teams. Never won a finals MVP, though. But um, and really? that Nope. Steph never won the finals MVP. So their first championship uh, where they beat LeBron, and LeBron went with the short-change Cavs, like when Love and Irving were hurt, it was Andre Iguodala that won finals MVP because he locked up LeBron. He was a big okay. part of why they won. Steph played well, don't get me wrong, but like, Iguodala earned it. K- KD was uh, MVP. KD won the other two MVPs. Oh, one, the other two. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, let me see. And LeBron James is the best player of this decade. Kevin Durant's the second best player of this decade. And at times, he's been better than LeBron James. So, like, I hate Kevin Durant. I've said it on the podcast before. But you can hate someone. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of football fans hate, like, um, Ronaldo, right? Yeah. Like, But you can't deny it. And that's the thing. It's the same like it's there's like round reviewed fans would hate Messi, but it, it, yeah, but they're fucking idiots. It's sometimes, usually, sometimes you just kind of you got to tip your hat to Messi and Ronaldo. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a big football guy. We've had that conversation, but like I know who those two guys are. I've seen the numbers. I've watched them both play. They're both phenomenal. I don't like Ronaldo. Whenever I hear Thomas see Ronaldo, I like cringe. But watching him play the game, you, you know that you're watching something special. Like if he touches the ball within striking distance of the goal, he's probably going to score. Like, it's freakish how good he is. And Messi's the same. So, like, KD is, like, that same thing where I hate his guy. I don't, I don't like LeBron very much either, but, like, to deny who they are and what they are. Yeah. Um, the, the guy Harden, from, no. The guy from uh, Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, is his name? Yeah. yeah well, why does he have such a hate on for LeBron? Everyone has, like, their own hates. So, like, my hate for LeBron comes from the simple fact is that he's kind of ruined the league in a lot of ways with his, like, clickiness and, like, I feel the LeBron movement and LeBron's legacy, other than how great he was as a basketball player, is how much control he gave to the players in this league. I think, like, the NFL players don't have enough control, whereas the NBA is, like, a polar opposite, whereas, like, the players just have way too much power in dictating how this league runs. And I don't think... I, if you if gun to my head, I would choose the NBA way over the NFL way because it's their bodies and their performance. To put, like, I'm not... I'm not paying money to watch Mark Cuban talk every week. I don't give a fuck what the owner of the Dallas Mavericks has to say yeah. or the Knicks. But I will watch LeBron James. The NBA gets my money because of its players, not because of owners or coaches or any of that shit. And that's why you're right. Like in a way, like there, it's that's the way it should be. Like the yeah, other guys players should out. have more yeah. control in more sports than they do. But the NBA went too far in the other direction. But 
if you ask me to choose the lesser two evils, I would choose the NBA. So LeBron's legacy is how much player power he's given players, and a lot of people resent that. So recently, he's had the controversy with China, where he said things like Daryl Morey, um, the GM of the Houston Rockets, uh, tweeted a pro Hong Kong separation like tweet. He retweeted. He didn't tweet it, but like he just retweeted something. And like the NBA has a huge partnership with China, like huge billions of dollars a year. And LeBron makes a ton of money in China, right? Like a ton of money. Like LeBron's a, LeBron's a billionaire, I think at this point now. He may not be officially, but he pretty much is. And he said Daryl Morey's ignorant and doesn't understand the situation and spoke at a turn when it's about human rights and everything. Yeah. Else. So we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but it was like a real like shitty moment for a guy that like, you know, once tweeted out like, we must fight social injustices no matter where they stand. He was like the big warrior for change and like, you know, when the... When the New York cops strangled that Garland guy, I apologize, I think his name is Eric Garland. The Garland yeah, was, yeah, they yeah. strangled him down yeah. the street, little broken eyes, like all the players wearing I Can't Breathe t shirts, which yeah. is a quote from the video. And they all like held their hands like this with solidarity. They all wore gray hoodies when Trayvon Martin, you know, like really good progressive things that LeBron was doing. But then again, a lot of people hate him for that too, right? Because a lot of people, whether we want to admit it or not, don't necessarily think blacks are human beings because they and I know that sounds really off topic let me like clarify that what I mean by that real quick is that they think it's perfectly okay for police officers because they're police officers to murder black kids and obviously you and I are not I, that opinion but that, like, that this is where LeBron made his social justice stand but I, but I think it also comes from the fact of like that people think that sports people shouldn't have opinions they should be just play the game okay cool I, I don't agree with it no but like but if, I, I if, that's, if that's the case whatever the fuck we, we work in insurance you and I then maybe we shouldn't have political views because the insurance industry is heavily regulated by um the government right so yeah. maybe we shouldn't have an opinion or maybe you know what I mean like where do you draw the line just because they're athletes they're entertainers and all to be human beings I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I agree no I, I know I'm just, I, I, it's just this is where like people like if you look at like the way that uh, Kaepernick was was treated. Yeah, it's it was it was totally like like you're an athlete. Shut the fuck up and get on and get get your head bashed in. We could do a yeah. whole podcast on my feelings on Kaepernick and that situation. Obviously, I'm very pro Kaepernick, but um, we'll, we'll keep on the basketball here for a yeah. second. And like LeBron built this stage, and then when he said that stuff about China, it's like, oh, we get it. So you're all about social change and everything else, as long as it positively affects your check. It's a very negative moment. So even the people that were like you know very pro for his cause, like myself. I bought a shoe that had more than an athlete on it. It was a LeBron James collaboration, the more than your opinion written on the back. As soon as the fucking shit from China came out, I'm like, I'll, I, I returned the shoe. I'm like, I don't, I don't, oh, wow. I okay. don't want any fucking parts of this. Like, you know, I mean, like, just because they're in China and they, they're a couple billion, <laughs> like, they're way, a very far away. And the things that are happening with the Chinese government squashing any form of resistance to their, like, totalitarian regime. Especially in Hong Kong. Like, Hong Kong's a very, uh, yeah, like, the, it's a lot more open than the rest of China. But they're, they're, um, they're, they're like, they're violently murdering Hong pro- Kong protesters, protesters and stuff. Yeah. Be- because they've tried to, what they tried to do was they, uh, they tried to bring in, the, the extradition that people could be extradited back to the Chinese mainland, which they never had before. Yeah, but, they and we all know that China's human rights record is atrocious. So I can see Awful. why people would protest about it. And he's also a flopper. He's a bit of a crybaby. He's kind of like compromised Lee in a lot of ways, as I discussed before, with competition and like stacking teams and friends now controlling who go where. All that's fine, but we'll move past LeBron. LeBron's a very polarizing character, but to deny how great a basketball player he is is utterly fucking foolish. 
Yeah. So, uh, so next. Okay, so... Um, Harden? Good Harden? Yeah, yeah, so you also had Harden, so... Yeah, so fuck that uh, whole pick. Uh, throw, <laughs> throw James Harden way the fuck off the list. I don't care if you can score 40 a night in November. I'm not impressed. Like, <laughs> look, James Harden's a very good basketball player. I'm not saying James Harden is in the top 10 players of these decades, because he definitely is. He's probably like six or seven. But to put him in the top five is such a hot moment. James Harden puts up outrageous numbers from the end of October till February fades and then falls apart come playoffs. I know playoff success doesn't mean everything about you, but I've never it's seen James Harden have a part of it though. Yeah, but James Harden's never had a good playoff run because he's always exhausted from stat padding and on December out there for 44 minutes shooting 60 times a game. Like, uh, like it's not, he, he can't play defense. Say everybody on that team that I, you're going to hear from me later can lock up, other than Steph Curry, can lock up guys, like great defenders, great two-way players, win championships that way. James Harden can't lock his car door up. (laughs) James Harden is all sizzle, no steak. Like, don't get me wrong, the numbers are gaudy, and not any old bum can score 40 or 50 a night in the NBA, and I get that, and he deserves credit for that. But here's a funny stat. James Harden has more free throws made in his career than field goals. It means he's made more free throws than baskets. Wow. And if you watch a James Harden highlight reel and the over-embellishment and the diving, which we were going to talk about, but we never really did, I don't think, his diving aesthetics and the way he does things, don't get me wrong, LeBron's guilty of this. All, everybody in this list, everyone in the NBA dives now. I don't want to completely single out Harden. But he's the best at it. So he's the best diver. And that doesn't mean you're the best basketball player. It just means you're the best actor. And like James Harden's a fantastic basketball player. Solid guy. But you're never going to win shit when James Harden's the best player. So, he's not going to win shit this year so, than so last year. You think that he's more like about his legacy and getting records and shit rather than anything else you feel stat sheets he's, he's, he's if you play fantasy sports he's a hard-on like you know what I mean? he's a walking fantasy hard-on and again you got to be good to put up those numbers there's no question about that he is a very good basketball player but all decade now nah, suck my dick from the back he's not he's not that okay. admit you're an idiot <laughs> no it's not that it's just it's just it, it's not it has nothing to do with being an idiot it's an educated opinion to put him on that list don't get me wrong and maybe a little bit of salt, because I don't think Kawhi is on his list, and I know he's a Raptor fan, so I think there's some salt in there. Yeah, I was surprised not to see Kawhi on there. If, if you want to put, if, if anybody out there listens to this as a basketball fan, thinks that James Harden is a better basketball player than Kawhi Leonard, don't ever talk to me about basketball. Well, how long has Kawhi been playing? In- he came to the league in 2012. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's like he's been there most of the decade. Then. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, well, hold on. Harden came in like 2009. Uh,. Anthony Davis made his list. Anthony Davis came in. I think Anthony Davis is in the Kawhi draft, if not the year after. So Kawhi went 15th overall draft by the Pacers, traded to the Spurs because they already had Paul George in Indiana, who's oddly enough Kawhi's teammate in L.A. now. And so I think Davis is like 11 or 12. No, he'd be 12. Davis is 12 because um, Kyrie's the number one pick in the 11 draft. He's not on my list. Um, So so two people went for Anthony Davis. Two people went for Anthony. I think think what you're seeing, though, in Anthony Davis making these lists is that people want to have a center on their list, even though Anthony Davis has vocally expressed numerous times that he is not a center. The Lakers brought in Dwight Howard, so Anthony Davis didn't have to play center. (laughs) So if that's your cop-out for putting Anthony Davis on the list, you don't know much about basketball, I guess, because like he's not a center. He's a power forward. KD is a seven-foot small forward. LeBron's a 6'9 small forward. Kawhi's a 6'9 small forward, or 6'7, 6'8, 6'9, somewhere in that range, small forward. Everybody on that list is like, except for on my list, is Steph Curry is 6'3, and that's, that's big for a point guard. Most point guard, well, 6'3, 6'4, but there's point guards in the league like Ben Simmons who's 6'9. Kyle Lowry's 5'11, I think. So is there any other, like, point guards that could have came close to Steph and anybody's li- like, a- well, James Harden would be your direct competition to Steph Curry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. 
it, 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 it's a coin flip to a degree. Um, and the coin flip was decided by that Steph has won at the highest level and turned it on at the highest level and played at a peak level and doesn't just put up gaudy numbers in January. Because James Harden... Oh, if you're asking me regular season who I'd rather have, I'd rather have James Harden. And if I, I got to play 82... If the first 82 games of the season, yeah, give me James Harden. But uh, even though Steph's not for the greatest playoff performer, but come April, give me Kawhi Leonard over both of them. Give me give me LeBron, give me Kawhi, give me KD, and give me... Well, even Giannis got like throttled last year by Kawhi Leonard, but like that was also with help from Mark Gasol and like, the Raptors team defense. But no, nah, like, yeah. A- Anthony Davis being on that list is fucking foolish. He's got eight, eight or nine career playoff games. He's never won shit. I think they won one play... <laughs> I think they won one playoff series with Anthony Davis. Like, he has done nothing. James Harden belongs on that list over Anthony Davis. So, my my friend Ronnie, mm-hmm. Ronnie Flynn, uh, his team is, he went for Steph, uh, James Harden. Oh, my fuck. Uh, Durant, yeah. LeBron, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis. But that, but that was kind of under duress because... I thought because I don't know stuff. You made them play by position. Yes, exactly. You know, Andy Davis is not a center. Okay. Yeah. So um, I um I have to like look back up uh, what his first one was. So his his original was Curry, James Harden, Kawhi, Durant, and LeBron. So that's that was, fine. That's that's a better list. Yeah. That, 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 that list is. I mean, other than Harden, like I, I I swap out Harden for so my list. So we'll say here now my list is Steph Curry. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, I understand Antetokounmpo didn't come into the league until 2014, didn't really emerge to 2016, but he's like nothing we've ever seen before. Much like Kevin Durant was kind of like, a, Kevin Durant was kind of evolution of Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, he's a much better Dirk Nowitzki, but that's no disrespect to Dirk Nowitzki, but Kevin Durant's special. Dirk was special too, but like KD's a real level of special. James Harden and Anthony Davis keep popping up on lists, and I feel like they're popping up on lists because people think they need to fit into like pigeonholed like positions. Yeah, and that was probably my fault too, but like I, no, it's I, fine. I, just, I just thought that was... Some people really do believe James Harden's the best player of the decade too, right? Like that's, I mean, utter fucking foolishness, but it, people do believe that. But if you just watch SportsCenter every night, you will think James Harden's the best basketball player on the planet. Like because... Well, he's a highlight reel guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's all sizzle no steak, like I said before. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of sizzle. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes there is some good steak in there. But like, you ever eat a lobster? Yes. You have the tails, you have the claw, you know, all that stuff. You ever pull the legs off and try to eat that? Yeah. Yeah, James Harden's the legs of the lobster. <laughs> so, like, don't get me wrong, it's still delicious. It's still lobster. So yeah. really good. But it's a lot of hard work. But it's not, it's not the fucking tail now, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of hard work too. A lot of busy work. Yeah. yeah. So then Kelly, his team, this this one had a, a player that was kind of out of left. left Ooh, I'm excited for that. Who's it? Yeah. So you had Steph, Wade. Wow. LeBron, Durant, okay. and then uh, Giannis. At the end. I would put Dwayne Wade on the list before. Although most of Dwayne Wade's great accomplishments happened in like the Ots. Uh, he was a better player in the odds. But if you watch Dwayne Wade's highlights, you'll understand why he wasn't as great in the teens. Yeah, I know. I, I, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's one of the greatest two guards of all time. I have no issue with Dwayne Wade being on there. Uh, he's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. He's in my top like ten. Not below for Dwayne Wade. I will not slander the man. Uh, a little puzzling. He's on the list. Uh, I would honestly, and this is me. I would honestly put James Harden on. He put on Kawhi. Is it Kawhi on that team? Uh, no. He has- so he put D Wade over Kawhi and Harden. Yes. So it, it was it was Steph, LeBron, Steph, Dwayne uh, Wade, Giannis, and KD. Yes. This is the thing. You're comparing, you're comparing like lobsters to lobsters just to keep the analogy going. Like they're all fantastic. So, I mean, yeah. I, I take less problem with that list than Anthony Davis making lists. Dwayne Wade's a three-time NBA champion. Best should have won an MVP in 2009. Hence why I'm saying most of his better years happened in the early, like the late, mid, late aughts. He won his first championship in 06, where he was the best player on his team in his third year. Yeah. So, Dwayne, so what did he do in the, well, he was part of the Heatles. 
They won. Okay. They won two rings. So that's the one that. Uh, that's LeBron, LeBron, Wade, and him. But Wade won a championship before he got LeBron. Wade won a championship in 06 and probably one of the worst NBA finals ever officiating wise. Maybe that's why I made the joke about Mark Cuban earlier. But, uh, cause Mark Cuban was very vocal after the 06 finals. Yeah, no, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade probably isn't one of the best players. It's like, it's like throwing Kobe on the list. Like throwing Dwayne Wade on that list is like throwing Kobe on the list, even though like their best years were behind them, but they still played in this decade. Like Dwayne Wade was still very good in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013 to a degree. After that, the Wade ship started to sink his body. He played relentless. He always went to the basket. He used to take a lot of hard fouls and fall on the floor a lot and bang his hips and knees. It takes it out of a guy, right? You can't play like that every night for him. So did he stay with the, the Heat the whole time? Or Somewhat. Um, that's a funny question. Uh, he uh, he was with the Heat from like 03 to like 16, I think. Wow. That's and then he went to Chicago where he's from for a year. Chicago gave him a big deal. And then Chicago wanted out. And then he was in, then he went to Cleveland and played with LeBron again for a brief period. Was not happy there. Wasn't being used. And he wanted to finish his career in Miami. So he spent like a year and a half away from Miami in his career. Not a big deal. Then he went back to Miami and played another year and a half and retired. Okay. I love Dwayne Wade. I think the world is Dwayne Wade. So I, I, I'm not going to be like, Dwayne Wade doesn't belong. Uh, would I put him on my list? I thought about him. Uh, but if I if you think about Dwayne Wade, then you got to put Kobe on there too, right? Because Dwayne Wade, like, Kobe's better than Dwayne Wade, but Kobe basically spent the last half few years of his career injured, so he wouldn't be on this list. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's fine. I, I I take less issue with Dwayne Wade than I take with Anthony Davis. I think Harden would belong there, or Kawhi for that matter, belong there ahead of him. I love Dwayne Wade, so I'm gonna let that one pass. And it was he had Giannis, KD, and LeBron. Yep. Yeah, I mean those three are on my. So the only the only the only outlier on my list that I will fight for, and I guess I might as well make the case for Kawhi Leonard now since he's the one I keep going back to. Kawhi Leonard's not the best scorer of those five guys, but he's one of the best scorers in the league. Kawhi is the best defender of everyone on that list uh, that we've listed. Him and Giannis are the two best defenders, I would say. Um, Giannis is phenomenal, but Giannis is like nothing we've ever seen before. So Kawhi is almost something. Kawhi is like Kawhi is like Michael Jordan evolved, and I know that sounds crazy. Because Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player yeah. of all time. But like Kawhi's game is very similar to Jordan. He's not as smooth or as athletic as Jordan was. But like they both have the giant hands. They can both palm the basketball over guys' heads. They both just seem to get it done when it matters. And they're both also very quiet. Um, um, Jordan wasn't quiet on the floor. Kawhi is. But unless you believe that board man gets paid story, which is hilarious. <laughs> itself. But yeah, Ka- Kawhi winning two finals MVPs and w- taking winning two championships in the decade. Has to be counted. Were, were they like unfancy teams too? Like I mean, like the Raptors weren't well favorites. Were they to, to win the thing? Kawhi took the skeleton, the old battered remains of the Spurs dynasty to one last ring in 2014. Like, like that's crazy. Like that's that's. And he was like a second, third year in the league. So like Tim Duncan, one of the greatest basketball players ever. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, those guys won pretty much o two was o two was o three o five o seven. Like those guys won three rings. Duncan won in 99. Those guys came in around 2003. And then they, 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 they. And in 2013, they had the heat on the ropes. The heat were going for their back-to-back. So they beat OKC with Harden, Durant, Westbrook, and Abaka was the OKC team back in 2012. They were all young. They hadn't figured it out yet. So the Heatles toppled them in like five or six games. Close series, though, if you go back and look at it. Even though the games played doesn't seem like it indicates it was. Every game was close. 2013, the Heat are down by, I believe, three. Time's running off the clock. LeBron puts up a brick, like we're late in the fourth quarter, probably like 10, 8, 9, 5, 6 seconds left. LeBron puts up a bad shot. Chris Bosch gets an offensive rebound and swings the ball over to Ray Allen, who's a Hall of Famer, who's on his last legs at the point in time. And he takes, like, if you've ever watched a basketball game, and if you know basketball, you know the play I'm talking about, you have about that much room in the corners 
of basketball courts, like the corner three. There's not a lot of space. Yeah. You'll see guys step out of bounds all the time. And he has the wherewithal to dribble out, turn, make sure his feet are squared. He's behind the three-point line, and he drains a three and ties the game. Oh, as time, basically, time expires. The Heat go on to win that game in overtime, and then they, they're wheeling the trophy out when this happens. Like they're, they're ready to present the Spurs. So Kawhi almost won two championships in San Antonio. And then game seven, in, I believe in San Antonio, maybe it was in Miami, I don't remember, the Heat finished them off and won the finals and then the Heat repeated and LeBron is the best player ever discussion started at that point. The next year, though, they met again in the finals and Kawhi zippered, put like put Wade and LeBron in body bags and the, the Spurs just fucking rolled the Heat. I think they won in four or five. I don't remember what it was. Wow. And Kawhi won finals MVP. I think he was averaging like 23 a night. But he was on a very deep team. Like, it wasn't like a great team. It was kind of like this Raptors team that just won. Um, I would say this Raptors team had a little more oomph, but a lot less star power because like Tim Duncan's one of the, in my opinion, easily one of the 10 greatest basketball players ever played basketball. Tim Duncan in 2014 isn't prime Tim Duncan. Like, Tim Duncan came in the league in 98. Okay. And won five championships. Fucking hell. So think of the mileage, right? Yeah. Like, and he, oh, by the way, he did all four years in college. So he wasn't like LeBron fresh out of high school. Jesus Christ. So he had four years in college ball. Was he taking care of himself to, to last that long? If you look up Tim Duncan, he's like a Dockers ad. He dresses like, he, he, he's very much a man of his time. So in the early 2000s, when everyone wore baggy clothes, he wore baggy dad clothes. Like, <laughs> okay. plaid shirts and baggy Dockers. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I love Tim Duncan. <laughs> I hated Tim Duncan when he played though, but I love Tim Duncan now. I've appreciated him now. You, you, uh, same thing happened with Kobe for me. I, I used to hate Kobe Bryant right up to the moment he retired if you haven't seen his like dear basketball short that won an oscar it like softened my whole stance on him like i I finally got him but i hated kobe for years tim duncan was a similar thing where like i didn't appreciate tim duncan until his last game his last game was um it was the year of the 73 and 9 warriors the the warriors because i I'll, i'll give a little bit on this the spurs had ended up playing the oklahoma city thunder with durant and westbrook it was durant's last year in okc and abaca and they played them in the second round of the playoffs and i think the thunder it was game six and the thunder are up by like 40 like in the, the elimination game. So it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Tim Duncan's basically playing on one leg. It's his last season. He's going to retire at the end of the year. And old, the ghost of Tim Duncan reappeared on one leg. And I think the fucking Spurs cut the game to like 12 points at one point. Jesus Christ. He, the old man Duncan had pulled it back out and like he was he was breaking but like obviously it wasn't enough it was just too much of a lead over there's too much talent okay Oklahoma at that time with Westbrook and Durant but like he just started giving them buckets and timely rebounds and blocks and like he was just like he was 2003 Tim Duncan like one of the most uns- one of the most dominant players ever again for like a flash and well, the, that, that was been great though for the it, fan, like for the fans. It, it, like, it, it, like well that was the moment I started to appreciate him because like he he'd been cooked for a while like he was on one leg for years he was still good one-legged Tim Duncan is still a serviceable, very good NBA player, but, like, he wasn't Tim Duncan anymore. But to see that, like, to see the ghost of Tim Duncan rise one last time, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like those movies where, like, the battle scene, like, the hero's yeah. going to die, but he goes out and he kills, like, 20 guys first. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was like seeing in sports. And I, since then, I've had, like, a giant man crush on Tim Duncan because I just, like, I, I got to see that. Like, you usually only see that in movies. And, look, they didn't come back and win. It wasn't that big of a deal. They made they made, they made made Oklahoma City sweat, and it wasn't they. It wasn't Kawhi. It wasn't Danny Green. It wasn't Parker. It wasn't Ginobili. It was old man Tim. And like he he, he gave it to them one last time. Yeah, it was and like this. Jesus. So would you say that that OKC team were like the um, well we got we got to go to, go to the fine. So the, the biggest underachievers. Well, they only played together for like two years. That's okay. that's got to be clear. So when you add Harden to the mix, yeah, Harden got drafted. I think 
08, 09. Westbrook got drafted in 08. I think Harden's 09. So when Harden's rookie contract expired, he won six man of the year. He'd scored 40 a couple times or once for the OKC Thunder. Like, but he was on a team with Westbrook, Durant, Ibaka. Like, there was a good fucking team there. And you're paying Kevin Durant. You're paying Russell Westbrook. You're paying Ibaka. You're, you're paying a lot of money. And Oklahoma City is not a market like yeah. the Lakers, you know? So they had to choose someone to go. So they chose Harden. They got a lot for Harden. But, like, we all knew James Harden was going to be special. And we all knew that, that they kind of screwed the pooch on this. But, like, James Harden could never have been a third. You know what I mean? So, who would who, who you have got rid of then if you're OKC? Me? Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I slandered the shit out of James Harden earlier. I take it all back. Russell Westbrook is, is now his teammate, oddly enough, again. But far worse. I would, I would, I would take... If you put like if you're like okay you, you need a, anything I don't get defense rebounding scoring I don't give a shit any of it the only thing Russell Westbrook has over James Harden is athleticism but that's deteriorating because he's now pushing into his 30s but he's still very freak athlete but that's all he has is freak athleticism he can't shoot he can't do anything really like he can run really fast he can jump really high and he can he's strong but, like, otherwise James Harden's a, like I wouldn't if someone put Westbrook on this list like. <laughs> So they're flipping tables. And yeah, no, like J- James Harden. James Harden's exponentially better than Russell Westbrook. Like it's not even it, it, the fact that Har- Westbrook won an MVP from Har- over Harden, but two years ago, three years ago, is still an atrocity. Harden really theoretically could have won the last three MVPs. Now, if it was my voting, he would have only won the one. But you could argue he 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 had a case for the last three. But in my opinion, and this is my opinion, is LeBron James up until last season was the MVP of the league every year for since fucking like 2008 so that's insane yeah but like Jordan went to the same thing right Jordan has five MVPs don't get me wrong five and 14 is not bad I don't count his Wizards run forgive me Um, the league wasn't going to give Michael Jordan MVP every year you can't have someone win 12 straight MVP awards so guys like Carl Malone won one I wore his shoes today Charles Barkley won one and then Jordan annihilated in the finals David Robinson won one oh wait no David Robinson won when fucking Jordan was retired so that doesn't count. So like in 96, I think Jordan won again, but 97, I think Carl Malone won. Like if anyone wants to argue that Carl Malone was better than Michael Jordan, then again, don't talk to me about basketball. So like you get the idea, like yeah. other people will win MVP awards just because the NBA doesn't want to be seen as giving it to the same person. The only real albatross though, I have to get into this for about MVPs in basketball real quick is Steve Nash, our Canadian hero, blah, blah, blah. Should have never won either of his fucking MVP awards. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, Kobe and Shaq should have won the, both of them. Respect In order, Shaq should have won the first one. Kobe should won the second one and most diehard basketball fans will fucking turn blue in the face arguing that with you like yes these guys should have won not steve nash but nash kind of changed basketball and made it really exciting for a minute there so and i'm canadian so i won't argue it i'm not gonna get angry about it but fucking there there are some young black americans that will punch you in your fucking face if you think <laughs> steve nash should have won over kobe fucking bryant no six steve, if, steve nash is a tottenham fan so I, i'm all for him. yeah, sure, steve, I, yeah. I, I love steve nash man I, steve nash steve nash my guy I, I i fuck with steve nash heavy even if he was a pylon on defense i still love him uh his back was all fucked up but he also had some of the worst hair i've ever seen but i love steve nash and um i personally would have given him the award but i'm a canadian homer so fuck everybody but if you look at the fucking numbers, it should have been Shaq and Kobe. 05 Shaq, 06 Kobe. You can, anyone else can go look at those numbers and see that, like, Steve Nash has some pretty good years. Don't get me wrong. But MVP is a stretch that I support. I support the stretch. Yeah, stretch me too. Yeah. I'm all for that. Oh, he's a Tottenham fan. So obviously, yep. we have <laughs> big time. Hotspur, dude. Um, moving away just slightly from the teams there. So uh, let, let's 
let's look at our definitive one then. Let's. So, do you think yours is definitive? Yeah, or? of course I think mine's definitive. So, so you wouldn't switch out for anybody. What? I'll make my case for all five right now, really quickly, because we already kind of made the cases. Steph Curry, first ever unanimous MVP, the best pure shooter I've ever seen in my entire life. Great handle. Mediocre defender, but we'll let him slide because there's going to be four other great defenders on this. Steph Curry goes in at one. Uh, number two, I put Kawhi Leonard at the two. You can put Kawhi anywhere on the floor. It doesn't really matter. He's two-time finals MVP, two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA defensive player of the year. Had one of the, I think, one of the top five greatest playoff performances last year as a Raptor. Uh, is the only known species that can contain and stop LeBron James. Putting on the same floor together would be crazy. At the three, I'll have LeBron James because he's the best play, arguably the second best basketball player that ever played the game of basketball. The only other one played in the 90s, so he doesn't make the all-decade team. And at four is Kevin Durant, who I believe is the second best player this decade. And if anyone wants to argue that, again, don't talk to me about basketball. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And number five is my kind of my outlier with Giannis Antetokounmpo because I don't think we've seen the best of Giannis yet. And we've already seen one of the best pure basketball forces we've ever seen. No disrespect to Anthony Davis. He hasn't accomplished anything to warrant being on this list. James Harden has accomplished some things to warrant being on this list. So I'll put James Harden. I'll go to the bench now. James Harden's the sixth man on this all-decade team. Anthony Davis would be like seven or eight. I mean, I put Clay Thompson over Anthony Davis, but Clay Thompson's another guard. So it's it's different. Anthony Davis, so highly overrated. He's playing really well this year, though. So I guess that's really... So, so what was your top game of the decade. Mm, the best basketball game of this decade. Okay, so I'm going to obscure the Raptors from it because it's not fair because I'm a yeah. Raptor fan. Yeah. 2016 NBA Finals Game 7 Cavs Warriors. That that was that game took years off my life. It's the one with LeBron chase down block. Kyrie hits the three. The Cavs win. They knock off the 73-9 Warriors, which leads the Warriors somehow going out and getting Kevin Durant and completely breaking the balance of the league. They fucked the league up, and that's why I'm really proud of the Raptors for ruining all that. Um, I don't give a fuck if they all tore their ACLs. Like they, the karma, the karma was coming for them eventually from building that fucking atrocity of a basketball team. But yeah, that was like if you go if you go on YouTube and just watch the fourth quarter of that game seven in 2016. There's like a four minute stretch where no one scores a basket. It's tighter than Frog's ass for like four or five straight minutes there down the end. Kyrie Kyrie hits the shot, I believe. And then I think I think I think the sequence is Kyrie hits the shot and LeBron does the block, forgive me if I'm wrong. But you know the block, right? You know what I'm talking about the block. Like yep. he, he chases down Iguodala. He covers like 40 feet in two seconds. Like it's it's mind-boggling what he does. Like when LeBron blocked that shot, my spirit left my body. Like I was going for the Cavs, but like I'd never. I'll sit here and I'll ring the Michael Jordan horn all day long and like, you know, but that LeBron block until the Kawhi shot against Philly was the finest basketball moment. And I, and I watched when Jordan hit the last shot against Utah. I watched the game. I was 14. And that was special too. But like the LeBron block on Iguodala just didn't make sense. So a couple weeks ago, what I said, let's close the NBA thing real quick. A couple months ago when I did your podcast originally, I said the Raptors were going to be like a four or five seed, maybe a six. So they're currently the four seed. Uh, me and Mitch did not account for the Miami Heat emergence. Jimmy Butler's really put the Heat in like burner mode. They're the second team. And the Sixers are actually in fifth. The Celtics reemerged, like I said they would. So I wasn't... What were the, what, what were the Nets? Well, I said the Nets were going to suck because KD was out. And you can't win when Kyrie is your best player. You can't win shit when Kyrie Irving's your best player. Fuck Kyrie Irving. Yeah, the Nets like the seventh team. Oh, wow. Okay. KD's not out, right? And uh, Kyrie's missed 20-some games, too. So, like, I mean, they're kind of fucking hamstrung right now. So, no. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them, too. Yeah. Fuck Brooklyn. <laughs> Asahi jury style. Question. Yeah, sure. Top franchise, uh, NBA franchise of the decade. People. The Warriors. A lot of people got... Yeah, I, I was, That's easy. It's yeah. the Warriors. I, I, I was trying to make a case for the Heat or anyone else because I fucking hate the Warriors, but it's got to be the Warriors. And worst franchise. Of the decade, decade in the NBA? The Knicks. Okay. Followed by the Charlotte Hornets. 
It's fuck the Hornets. Jesus, you, you forget yeah. about them. You, they're, they're that bad. Yeah, yeah. Because at least the Knicks are the Knicks, and there's a history there. There's nothing there. There's the fucking nut. Like, again, like the bottom that hasn't eaten for three days. There's nothing there in that Hornets team. You just do every sport if you want. It's been a fucking year. Go ahead. I'll do okay. This. All right. Uh, so top uh, NFL franchise: Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Worst: Browns. Yeah. But the Redskins are second in that one. But the, the Browns are the Browns. So, yeah, the Browns going to win. Uh, the NHL. Top team of the decade. Penguins, maybe? Penguins or Blackhawks, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Worst. Leafs. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Nah, the worst NHL team of this decade. Uh, they have one successful season, but they're an utter fucking albatross of a joke. Oh, no, fuck. They're Phoenix Coyotes. Jesus Christ, the Phoenix Coyotes. Phoenix Coyotes, worst team of the century. Even even if they fold in the next five years, they'll still be the worst team of the century in the year 3000. They're fucking awful. So, th- do they move from somewhere? Yeah, Arizona. Originally Winnipeg. Okay, so the team that moved back to Winnipeg was the Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, fuck it. Like it's a, that was an expansion team. Fucking boggles your mind. So, so th- Yeah, Bettman's a fucking moron. Worst executive of the century is fucking Gary Bettman. Continue. So so the the original Winnipeg team is in uh, Phoenix. Yes. It boggles my mind how this fucking thing works. I'm pretty sure a guy that just retired about two years ago named Shane Doan played for the Winnipeg Jets. He played his entire career with the Coyotes. Wow. He was there for the lineage switch, yeah. Unlucky bastard, that guy, yeah? Yeah, Winnipeg to Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, at least the weather was nice. Well, haven't, haven't the Coyotes, like, signed some... I'm sure the have Coyotes have done lots of things, but what have they done? I think the Coyotes have made the playoffs twice in this decade, so, I mean, they're not the worst. I was going to say the Ottawa Senators, to be honest with you, but the Senators were, were like, in overtime in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals with pe- the Penguins that close to going to the Finals. So, like, you can't say they're the worst. Like, that's the precipice of, like, well, being I, there. Well, when you think about the teams that, like, should be doing well... The Sanders will be one of them, right? Yeah, like maybe the owners of notorious Chiefs. I, I feel like the, I feel like the worst franchises is all the Canadian teams wow. because they haven't won shit. It's hard to win in Canada because the Canadian dollar. Yeah, I don't know, but like and like my guy, like, here's like the thing. it's your just, it's your fucking sport. Just, and your, just, your just rock with this real quick. So in Florida, there's no state tax. In Texas, there's no state tax. Why the fuck would you come to Canada? Like Stephen Stamkos spurned the Toronto Maple Leafs, his hometown team, the team he grew up with, because Tampa Bay was going to pay him probably the same amount of money as Toronto, but there's no state tax. Why would you leave? If I was going to give you $40 million to come play in Canada or I'm going to give you $40 million to go stay in a no state tax, where are you st- you're staying in a fucking no state tax. Here's the thing. I don't, I honestly think that if, if like Toronto, and I was from Toronto, like, and I, I could go and bring a championship to Toronto, like, I would, like, fuck the tax and I, I'd want to go. But there's also an added pressure of that too, right? That's, like, no, 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 like, let me, let me, let me. Can let me. you imagine the team that actually wins it for Toronto? Like, those guys are going to yeah. be. It's called immortal. the Toronto Raptors. But they're going to be immortal, immortalized, right? So they're never going to do it. So it doesn't That's a very that. negative attitude, isn't it? I'm a Leafs fan. What else am I supposed to have? I, I know. Well, you're a Raptors fan too. And that yeah. Happens, and right? if we had this conversation this time last year, I told you there's no way we we're going to fucking win. If you would ask me this time next year, like, hey, do you think the Raptors can beat the Warriors in a seven-game series in the championship? I was like, no. But they did because those two guys got hurt. And that's okay. But that's what happened. So all you're, what you're saying is that we need to go around to all the other NHL franchises and just start breaking kneecaps. Yeah, if we could somehow break every Boston Bruins legs, like oh, one more thing, we got we got to do baseball. Oh so, shit! Yeah, gee, I, you know what? I just I totally forgot about it. So uh, Red Sox is team of the century decade, and the worst team in baseball this decade, Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins now. God, yes, I yeah, they're, they're, they're fucking bad. I, the two, the two Florida teams. What's the, the Tampa Bay Devils? Yeah, yeah, the Tampa Bay Devils is at least pretty good. Well, I, I know, but every time you watch the two teams, there's never any fucking body there watching yeah. them. 
So oh, man, so uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking I, I, I basketball. Hope, I, I apologize. For, a lot. I apologize for being sober this time, but I, I felt like I had to be serious for this conversation. And I, I felt like you were, and I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll try. To, I'll, I'll do every second one sober now. Yeah, so there was like a there was there was less rants, uh, which was kind of nice. Appreciate it. Taking the time out on New Year's Eve to do this, man. So uh, I'm old and washed. Yeah. It's no big deal. I appreciate uh, you having me. So yeah, thanks, man. Re- uh, thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. Thank you to my guests for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Also, thank you to everybody who's been listening. Uh, 2019 was a great year and hopefully 2020 will be even better. If you're interested in trying out a new sport, the Halifax Scales here in Halifax are looking for new recruits as they look towards the Eastern Championships in September. The first three sessions with them is free and it's a great way to get fit and also to make new friends and learn a new sport. As always, you can check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. Go to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, cheers!